Did that baseline scare you guys a little bit? I walked out here earlier when we were going through run-throughs, and I was like, whoa, what just happened? I was like, you guys better turn it down on that part. It's scary. Anyways, welcome to Coastal. My name is Shayla. I am Pastor TJ's wife, but I also lead our Pompano Beach campus. And I'm excited to get to bring the message to you guys today as we're in this series, Courageous. And last week, Pastor TJ just gave a really incredible message just about the book of Acts and how kind of the early church began and just kind of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and how that brings so much to our life and empowers us to do incredible things and walk with boldness and, and confidence as we move out into the things that God has for us. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like to live a comfortable life. I'm one of those people, I go home and like as soon as I get home, I put on my pajama pants and my t-shirt because I just like to be comfortable. How many of you guys are out there like that? Thank you. Yes, most of the ladies. That's right. We all like to be comfortable in life. And I know I just like to walk through life in this place where sometimes I'm not challenged and I can just coast along and everything's great. But I've kind of been in this season where I've been in a little bit of a pity party. Do you guys ever get like that where it's just kind of life is happening and things are happening and you're not really enjoying what's going on and it's kind of uncomfortable and challenging and you're just kind of like, man, why does my life have to be like this and I always got to deal with issues and everybody's got problems and, you know, I've just kind of been in that stage where I've been throwing a pity party for myself and just saying, man, life's dealt me some tough things and I'm constantly coming up against some different challenges and facing tough things in ministry. And I just get in this place where I'm like, God, why does it have to be so hard? And I kind of realized I had to wake myself up a little bit last week. And I was like, Shayla, if you really want your life to mean something, if you really want to have meaning and value and add things to people's lives and you want to make a difference, then you have to live your life in this uncomfortable state. And it's really, really difficult to walk through life and continue to be challenged and uncomfortable. But the reality is, is most of us want our life to mean something. And if we want our life to have meaning and we want to influence the people around us and we want to have influence in other people's lives or even just in general in life, then we have to do some things that move us from our comfortable state to a courageous state. And this series is all about courageous. It's all about stepping out and doing things that are uncomfortable to us in life. And you know what? I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity that I can get uncomfortable sometimes. Because let me tell you, when I get up here, every time I get up here, it's uncomfortable. Every single time. I was telling TJ, I was like, I don't know how you do this every week. I mean, you have to sit down and prepare like a 30-minute message. How many of you guys liked speech class in school? Okay, two people, three people, a couple people, okay. Well, most people didn't like speech class in school, but that's what this is like. Every single week, getting up and having to prepare this content, 30 minutes of content that you have to keep a crowd engaged, that you have to keep them laughing, and you guys are a really tough crowd, so it's really hard to make you do that. And you have to, like, be inspiring, and, and you have to want to motivate people to, to get outside of where they're comfortable and change and to do something different. And then you realize you're speaking on behalf of God. And that makes you really, really, really uncomfortable. So every time I get up here, 
I'm like, whew. Okay, God, I'm, I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to give the message that you've placed on my heart. But it's challenging. But if I really, if we all really want to operate in the things and we want to make a difference and we want to influence people, then we have to do some things that make us uncomfortable. See, we have to choose. We have to choose comfortability or we have to choose to step out and be courageous. And the book of Acts is full of these stories of ordinary men, ordinary guys who took some courageous steps. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. TJ talked about that last week, that it created this boldness inside of them. And so the book of Acts is just full of these normal people that live normal lives, but they choose to take a step out of what's comfortable, what's normal, in order to make a difference. And I think we can learn so much from the book of Acts. The book of Acts is all about the early church and how it started and what the church is supposed to look like and how we're supposed to operate. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys today out of Acts 3. So if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to Acts 3. You can also follow along in your notes or on the screen. If you have the version app on your phone, which everybody should have, look it up if you don't have it. It's the Bible app. On there, you can follow along. There's a live section, and you can always follow along on our sermon notes right on your phone as well. So I encourage you guys, turn to Acts 3, and we're going to kind of dive in right here. And it starts off in verse 1 through 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And I'm going to stop right there for a second because I think there's a few key things that we can learn even from the beginning of this passage, even from setting up this story right now, and that is routine. These guys were in a routine. Peter and John, it says that they went to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. See, in that culture, it was tradition. Everybody went to prayer. Everybody went to the temple the same time, every day, day in, day out, same time, same place, same routine. How many of you guys, that feels like your life? Wake up, get the kids up, eat breakfast, take them to school, Go to work, pick them up from school, take them to soccer practice, then make dinner, then get them ready for bread, bed, take a shower, watch TV, go to bed, get up, get the kids up every single day. Repeat, repeat, repeat. We're in routines in life, and routines aren't necessarily bad things. They're just things that kind of get us through life. They're the mundane things that are happening, and the disciples here are in a routine of going to the temple every single day. How many of you guys kind of ever find yourself kind of on autopilot in your routine? I, I don't know how many times that I've gotten in my car and started driving and not even thinking I end up at home and I'm like, whoa. I don't really know how that happened, but I got here. You guys are judging me. I know it. And we just get kind of in this state of autopilot where we're doing the same things over and over again and just going through life and I'm here and I'm there and I'm and it's just life is happening all around us. So the disciples are in this routine. But also the lame man is in a routine. 
Because every single day, they're bringing this man who can't walk, who's been lame since birth, and they're laying him at the gate of the temple. And every single day, he's there and he's asking for alms. And I think sometimes in life, we can get in this routine where our failures, our mistakes, our pain, our fear, our past can keep us in this cycle that we repeat over and over and over again. We end up in the same places doing the same things over and over again and wondering, how did I get here again? See, the lame man was stuck in a routine and he was slave to the condition that he was in. He was a slave to a routine. And I think a lot of us are facing that in our life right now where there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of things that we're dealing with that continue to come up over and over again and become routine in our life. And I wonder how many times, because both of these people were in a routine, I wonder how many times the disciples passed by this man. Daily, probably. Daily, they probably walked by this man that was in the same condition on a daily basis But this particular interaction, something was different. And I think so many times we all have plans that we're going through throughout the day. We have a schedule to keep up with. We have things to do, but we can't allow our plans to miss God's purpose. And I think this particular day, Peter and John were so much more aware of their surroundings. And maybe it's because they had just had this incredible encounter that the day of Pentecost, the day where the Holy Spirit just fell on these men and they had this boldness and they had this empowerment inside of them, so maybe they were seeing life in a different way. But see, this is the first time that they're operating without Jesus there physically. See, this is the first time they're going about things and learning how to to walk in that boldness and that strength that they've learned from Jesus. And so maybe they've walked by this man so many times, but today something's different. And so when they encounter this man, it says that they, they were passing by the lame man, but they stopped in Acts 3, 4, and 5, it says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. They stopped and they told the man, look at us. Look at us. And I think they probably had to say, look at us, because the man was probably sitting there with his head down, just just holding his cup up. Because how many of you guys know when we're in pain in life, when we're facing things in life, when we're embarrassed by things in life, we can walk throughout life with our head down. And Peter and John knew that if I just get this guy's attention, if I just get him to look in my eyes, if I just get him to engage, I can have an encounter with him that can change his life. And I think there's a lot of us that walk through life like that with our head down. Maybe it's because we're so focused on getting to where we need to go in life. We're so focused on doing the right things and being the right person that we just have our head down and our nose to the grind and we're just walking through life. But there's moments that we have to look up. We have to look up. We have to connect with God. We have to connect with others because he wants something incredible to happen through that connection. See, I think that there's something that God wants from us today. He wants to do something through you. He wants to do something in you. But it takes you looking up. It takes you 
focusing your attention differently. There was a time, I guess it was November. It was actually right after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. TJ and I were like, we are not going out in this mess and going shopping, but we're going to go to breakfast. And for some reason, we ended up going to Miami. So we drive down to Miami, and we went to breakfast at this place. We're kind of making a day out of it. And as we're driving home, we, we drive by Nordstrom Rack, and I can't pass by a Nordstrom Rack without going in. And so we stop at Nordstrom Rack, and we're pulling in there, and it's Black Friday, so it's crazy. And we're going to pull in, and this, this guy is walking out to his car, and he's got a parking spot, like, right up front. Good spot. And I see it, so I go over there, and... As I'm pulling up to the parking spot, you know, he gets in, and I'm the only one there, and I turn on my blinker, and so he gets in his car, and he's sitting there, and he puts the car in reverse, but he's not doing anything. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and like 30 seconds seems like five minutes, and then, you know, it's like three minutes later, and this guy still has his reverse lights on, and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, should I find another spot? You know, that place where you're like, I don't know what's happening here. And so I stay there, and finally he starts backing out. So after I've been there for like 30 minutes, he, he backs his car out, and I'm, I'm right here getting ready to turn in here. He backs out like this, and all of a sudden this guy comes up in his car, and he sees me with my blinker on. He sees me waiting there. He pulls straight into that spot. And I was like, Oh, heck no. I just waited 30 minutes for this spot. There is no way. And I'm like pulling up my sleeves. And, I, and so I sit there. I'm like, this is not happening. And I'm driving. And TJ's sitting next to me. And so I roll down my window because I have dark tinted windows. And I roll down my window and I just put my arm like this. And I stared at his, at his window. And he didn't get out of the car for a minute or so. And TJ's like, Shayla, what are you going to do? <laughs> and I think I was scaring TJ. And I was like, if he gets out of that car, I'm going to ask him if he thinks that was the right decision. <laughs> and he's like, really? I was like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. And so I sit there, and I am intently, like, staring at this dude's window, like, he doesn't get out of the car. Puts it in reverse, backs out and leaves the spot. <laughs> and he rolls down his window as he's driving by, and I think TJ is freaking out. And I said, that was the right decision, sir. Thank you. And I pulled in the spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Moral of the story is sometimes you have to focus your attention. <laughs> sometimes you have to Look up. Because sometimes when you get so focused on something, things begin to change. And we can get so consumed with the routine of life that we have to take a second to look up so that things can begin to change. And I think God wants something great for your life, but it re requires your attention. And maybe you're out there and your priorities have gotten way out of alignment. Maybe you've been so focused on work and you need to look up to your family. Maybe you've been so focused on your shortcomings and your failures that it's maybe time to look up and focus on where you're going, not where you've been. 
Maybe you need to start to look up and take your relationship with God seriously and quit messing around and getting distracted every which way by every other person that's in your life in time to look up and get focused on the main thing. This is a great time of year to to look up to the people around you. Easter's coming up in a few weeks. The majority of the people in your life, if you ask them to come to church with you, they will. Maybe it's time to look up and to, to get courageous and open your eyes to the people that you have influence with. And stop being timid and fearful. And look up to somebody that needs you. See, it takes courage to give attention to the things in our life that need attention because it means we have to deal with some things. It means we have to focus our life differently. The Bible says that the lame man looked up expecting to receive something from them. And it goes on in Acts 3, 6, and 7, and it says this. It says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. See, Peter basically tells him, I don't have what you're asking for. But I have something a whole lot better. See, we have to realize in life what we have to offer. We have to realize the incredible gift that God gave us, that we carry, that we possess, that we have to give to others. And we have to stop making excuses for what we don't have. Because a lot of us walk walk around and we're saying, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I don't know enough, I don't know how to talk people, I'm, I'm awkward, I'm scared. All of these different things. And we make all of the excuses for what we don't have instead of recognizing the thing that we do possess. And there is freedom that is locked up inside of you if you will recognize what you have. And I see the lame man, he was sitting there and he was asking for the alms, wanting to be supported in the condition that he was in. But God wanted to completely change his condition. And there's a lot of us that are walking around And we've been walking around the same way for so long, just wanting people to support us in our mess. Wanting people to support us in our pain and saying, oh, but you don't know what's happened to me. I am the way that I am because of this, so can you you just accept me for who I am? Can you just accept that I have these issues in my life? And we want to be supported in our current condition when God wants to say, no, I want to change every bit of that. Because inside of you is freedom. Inside of you is healing. Inside of you is joy and peace and all of these different things. But you have to look up. You have to focus your attention. See, Peter knew exactly what he had to offer. Because Peter was a guy, he was one of the disciples that was closest to Jesus. One of the disciples that Jesus loved so much. Yet in Jesus' darkest and most difficult time, when he was going to the cross, when he was going to be crucified, Peter denied that he even knew that man three times. He was like, I don't know who that is. I'm not associated with him at all. See, he made mistakes. He failed. He messed up. 
But yet when Jesus rose again and he saw Peter, actually before he even saw Peter, he tells the people that are around him, go get the disciples and Peter. Because it was so significant that even though Peter had messed up, he had done things to to disassociate himself with Jesus. Jesus forgave him. He loved him. He healed him. And And Peter knew exactly what he had to offer that man when he said, in the name of Jesus. Because he knew that in the name of Jesus there was healing. There was hope. There was forgiveness. There was restoration. There was all of these different things that he knew as soon as he told that man, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He knew exactly what he possessed. And walking around inside of you is the most incredible healer, deliverer, restorer, hope giver. But see, Peter, he didn't just stop there. It said he goes on to say, it goes on to say in Acts 3-7, and he took him by the right hand And he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. See, the next thing that we have to do is we have to reach out. Because a lot of us say that we have faith. We say that we believe Jesus can do great things. I love God. I love my church. I'm a Christian. But you haven't allowed your faith to move beyond your words to make it your actions. And there's a point in our life where we have to look up, but then we have to reach out. Because the miracle did not happen when Peter said the words. The miracle happened when Peter reached out his hand. And there's a lot of us that need to get in this place of our faith where we're not just saying, oh, I'll pray for you or I'll pray that a bunch of people show up on Easter and get saved and I'll do this and I'll do that. But then we never follow through on our faith and really reach out and bring people along with us. It takes courage. I can't even imagine being Peter and standing there with a lame man that had been this way since birth and walking up to him and being like, you're healed in Jesus' name and reaching out his hand and lifting him up. That takes some incredible courage. But we have to reach out. You know, reaching out, it didn't just apply to Peter. It also applied to the lame man. Because Peter could have reached out, but the lame man could have chose not to reach up. He could have chose to to stay in that exact place. But he didn't. He chose to reach up. And there's some of you out there. Again, you've been plagued by hurt. Maybe you've had a destroyed marriage. Maybe somebody's taken advantage of you. Maybe you're in a mess and you don't even know where to go or what to do. And your life has been a product of bad choices or bad decisions or what people have done to you. And you can continue to sit in that place, in that same routine of your hurt and your failure and replay it over and over and over again. Or you can take the hand of somebody and allow them to lift you out of the place that you're in. Because the healing comes when you begin to reach out. Maybe there's some of you out there and you've been seeking answers to the condition of your life. You've been looking for a solution to things that that you've been dealing with for a long time. You've tried to mend what's been broken. You've tried to 
medicate what's been broken. And it's led you to a place where your life is just completely empty and broken. And see, the greatest thing that we could ever offer in that moment is the hope of Jesus Christ. The hope of a man who wasn't a stranger to people that tried to hurt him, that abused him, that talked bad about him, that did nasty things to him. But his name has the power to change every single circumstance of your life. And maybe today is the day where you need to say, I need that hope. Maybe today's the day where you reach up because he's reaching down right now and he's saying, look, I got a plan. I know you've been trying to fix it with X, Y, Z, but I have a permanent solution for what you've been trying to fix temporarily. He's reaching out. But you have a choice to reach out to. See, a lot of us choose just to to stay in our pain because we know if we reach out, then we really have to face some things. We really have to change some things because when we reach out, we really have to begin to heal and to walk in those things. So no matter which side you're on, it requires you extending your arm and reaching out but then it also requires you to move forward. Because if we want to get past the places we've been, we have to do what the lame man did, and he began to move forward. Because after they locked their grips together, in Acts 3.8 it says this, So he, which is the lame man, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. See, the reality is, is that getting out of our mess and moving beyond it, it's challenging. I can imagine that it was really hard for that man to get up at that moment. Can you imagine never being able to walk, never having strength in your bones? The lame man received healing, but he still had to walk in that. He still had to, to strengthen that. He still had to press through the pain and learn how to operate in an area that he had never experienced. See, it says that he entered the temple with the disciples after that, walking and leaping and praising God. See, the reality was that in those days, that man had to sit outside of the temple because he was lame. The religious people of the time would have thought that he was that way because there was some sort of sin or some sort of mistake that was in his life that kept him from entering the temple. They would think that he was unclean, so he couldn't take part in what everybody else could take part in because he had been lame from birth. So he had never entered the temple. He had never walked through those doors. He was always sitting on the outskirts of the temple. But the reality was in in that encounter, in that moment, as Peter locked eyes with him, as he spoke those words, as he reached out his hand, as he lifted him up, and as that man began to walk, he began to experience things in his life that he had never experienced before because of his condition. And there are people out there that have never, ever experienced the hope and the love and the peace and the, the joy that comes with a relationship with Jesus. 
They've never entered into that place. And the reality is, is when you reach out your hand and you begin to lift them out of that place, they experience something in their life, something is broken, that they can receive restoration. See, when you provide that, you provide an experience that they have never had in their life. See, that man experienced salvation. He experienced God like he never had before because there was always a barrier between him and that place. And when you begin to reach out to people and you begin to help them move forward, you remove all of the barriers that are blocking them from receiving everything that they need in their life. See, this man was entering the temple for the very first time. He was entering things in life that he had never had before. See, we have the keys to unlock so much of this freedom in our life. We have the ability to give access to this relationship that people have never experienced before. But we have to move past our own comfort and start to get courageous courageous, and start to reach out. You have to move forward because a lot of us, I think what happens is we've been in this place in life for so long. We've been sitting at that gate for so long. It's all we've known. And it would have been so easy for that man in that moment to take a seat right back down where he was saying, thank you for that healing. Whoa, I just stood up and I just walked a little bit, but I don't really know what to do, so I'm just going to go sit back down in this place that I've always been. And it's so easy for us to walk through life and experience these things, but then revert back to that place that we've always known. So it was so key that it says that he entered the temple with them. He surrounded himself with the right people. He got around the right people. But he also began to walk in that freedom. I remember when I was in high school, I, I played basketball. And my senior year, I, I was the starting point guard for our basketball team. And before season even started, we had like our first practice, and I was in there, and I was showing off. I was like through my legs, behind my back, and you know, ugh. I was just showing off. And I drove, I remember dribbling, and I drove straight down the lane and did a layup. And when I came down, my foot landed on somebody else's foot, and my whole ankle hit the floor. First practice of the season, hadn't even played a game. I tore every ligament in my ankle. And I had to be on crutches, and I had to put it in an ice bucket every day and do all of these things. I couldn't put any pressure on it. It hurt so bad. But the reality was, if I would have just remembered the pain, if I would have just allowed myself to stay in that pain, I probably wouldn't have started walking again because that's all I remembered. But as I started walking, it hurt, and I had to learn how to walk again, and I had to learn how to put pressure on it again, and I had to learn to, to get through that, that place 
if I really wanted to, to play that season, if I really wanted to do the things that I wanted to do my senior year, if I really wanted to play basketball, if I really wanted to finish that out, then I had to get past that pain and learn to walk again. And I think that's what this lame man faced is that he had been crippled for so long. He had been in this place for so long that he had to surround himself with the right people, but he had to begin walking. He had to begin saying, oh, this hurts. This hurts, but I've never done this before, and I'm going to keep walking, and I'm going to keep walking. And I think the mistakes that we make are that it hurts too bad in those moments that we sit back down. And there is somebody out there today that God is saying, I know it hurts. I know you're in a difficult place. I know you're walking through some difficult things. I know you have a crazy past. I know people abandoned you. I know they left you. I know they hurt you. But if you don't get up from this place, you're going to remain there for the rest of your life thinking that you're still crippled, but the reality is you're healed. And some of you guys need to get courageous today, and you need to stand up, and you need to begin walking forward. See, there's a lot of things that keep us locked up and chained up, our fears, our insecurities. We think that we're not good enough, smart enough. And it's time we stand up from the place that we've been sitting and move forward into the freedom that God has for our life. See, this man's miracle didn't only change his life, but it changed the lives of thousands of others. In Acts 3, 9 and 10, it says, And all the people saw him walking and praising God, Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. See, this miracle, it caused people to notice. People are watching. They're watching your life. As you heal, as you move forward, as you reach out to other people, as you step out and be courageous, people are watching You don't realize the influence that you have with the people around you. And they're saying, oh, if if she can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. Man, I knew him before. But look at him now. People are watching. See, it brought them to a place, the disciples and this man, where crowds begin to gather. And people came to see this man who was once crippled, but now he was walking and he was leaping and he was praising. And people came to see this and crowds gathered. And Peter had an opportunity to preach to a group of people. Thousands. And the remainder of Acts 3 just talks about that particular encounter where he's preaching to the crowd and he's making some religious people mad, but in the end, in Acts 4, it says this. It says, but many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to be 5,000. See, you don't know the kind of impact you have. When you step out of comfort and you begin to walk in courage, You don't know that 
possibly one conversation, one interaction, one moment, one simple act can change everything for someone. I think it's time that we step out of our routine. We step out of what's comfortable. And we begin to to look up. We begin to focus on some different things. And we begin to, to reach out to the people around us. Maybe it's reaching out to help up, or maybe it's you're down and you need help up. Either way, we have to reach out. But then we have to move forward. We have to bring people along with us. We have to begin to walk in those things or walk beside someone to get them through those things. We have to learn how to quit living these comfortable lives and to step out into something courageous. Because I guarantee you, your courage is not wasted. Your courage can change someone's life, who can change someone else's life, who can change someone else's life, but if you remain comfortable, nobody changes, including you. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? I think maybe there's some of you guys out there that you've been in a a season where maybe you've been focused on the wrong things. Maybe you've had your head down focusing on work or just other things in life that have you distracted from the things that you need to begin to focus on. And maybe today you're realizing, you know what? I need to look up to some other things. I need to refocus some things in my life. I would love to to pray with you. If that's you, will you just look up at me? Yes. 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 Thank you. Maybe you're out there and you're one of the people, maybe you identify with the lame man. You've been in this place in your life for a long time where you feel broken. You feel used. You feel rejected. And today you're saying, you know what? I need to reach out and I need to move on because something needs to change in my life. I refuse to live in this place any longer. And today, I want that to change. If that's you, will you just slip up your hand? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Father God, we come before you and we thank you. God, that's in your name, there's freedom. In your name, there's peace. In your name, there's hope. And God, this morning we cry out to you. We ask, God, that you would bring healing, that you would bring restoration, that you would bring courage to these lives, Lord God, to begin to focus on some different things to have the courage to to reach out and to say, I need help. I need my life to be different, Lord God, and I pray that 
as these people have the courage to begin walking differently and walking out those things for their life, Lord God, that they would begin to see the multitudes gather and things begin to change in the the people around them. Because of one act of courage, Lord God, you can use them to make a difference or challenge us today to get uncomfortable.